So lately, you might have noticed that I've been mentioning this other podcast that I have fallen in love with. I feel like I'm being unfaithful to my own podcast. Hmm. But I just have to share with you all, making it more of an open relationship among podcasts. In their own words, this is why you should subscribe to their show. What the hell is National Day Riff, and why do we care? National Day Riff, a politically incorrect, tastefully inappropriate sketch comedy podcast. Every day in the U.S. there is something to celebrate, and it's our job to poke fun at it. For example, sneak some zucchini into your neighbor's porch day. Men, synchronize your watches. Old Lady Anderson over there hasn't been eating her veggies. Are you serious? Veggies are good for you. Indeed they are, son. Or senior citizens, Spumoni, Brazilian blowout, and congressional startup day. How about a triple scoop of our new flavor, Brazilian blowout? Brazilian blowout! And of course, Fluffernutter, pierogi, and American touch tag day. Did you order a piping hot, steaming, super juicy, extra large, organic, free range pepperoni from Rubhub? Come on, come on. Yeah. Shit! Fly in the fluffernutter to Mr. Hauser's trailer on the double. Oh, well, <laughs> Brick wasn't able to take care of his uh, <clears throat> contractual obligations with the bisexual monkey. Sean, a fluffernutter is a sandwich with marshmallow, cream, and peanut butter, so. Ugh, that's disgusting. We even made a musical. Strong and short with a full head of hair. He just loves it when I'm coy. My little man is a man. To cream each other's name Too much to ask Our request is simple Simple just like we She's tall, he's short But spry And that's just What we'll be National Day Riff is available Wherever you get your podcast fix Subscribe today, laugh tomorrow well, you could actually laugh today if you if you wanted to. No one's stopping you. I mean, come on, it's free. Jeez. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. 
Hope everybody is doing good. And you know what? I just realized I say the same darn thing almost every time I start a podcast. I am going to have to come up with something new because I'm sure y'all getting real tired of hearing that. But has anybody listened to the special Ashley Madison interview that released last Saturday, August the 8th. I know my Patreon listeners got to listen to it till the 6th. And one of my subscribers, her and I chat from time to time. And she said she had it marked on her calendar for Saturday. She couldn't wait. And then I sent her a message back saying, hey, it released today on Patreon. And she came back with, shut up. It was funny. So hopefully she listened to it and she enjoyed it. I know she was looking forward to it. And I would love some feedback about it. I think it went really well. I think the questions that I asked were, uh, you know, appropriate. And he did a good job explaining it. I think you can definitely tell he's knows his job well and has been asked these kinds of hard questions many, many times. So I really appreciated him um, joining us and teaching us a little bit about their business. Again, you know, like I told him, and like I always say, I'm not condoning it. I'm not trying to say, hey, check out their website. You can go cheat. No, it's not it at all. It's simply the point of understanding what it's about. I mean, I share stories with people of women who have been cheating. That doesn't mean I'm saying, hey, go cheat. It's just a topic that sometimes is very challenging to talk about. And there's a lot of guilt and shame associated with it. And I'm trying to help people who feel that way to know that they're not alone and that they can work through what's happened, whether their relationship is salvageable or not, or even if they want it to be. But yep, it happened. And this is where they are now. And, you know, in time, you can heal and move on as I have. So anyways, I just wanted to kind of touch base about that. Before I start today's story from Sabrina... I uh, wanted to read an article about social media and affairs and all of that. And it's called, Does Using Social Media Make You More Likely to Cheat? And I'm just praying that I can actually get through this without laughing because it talks about the politician Anthony Weiner. And I just am thankful that's not my last name. And I think that would have been a hard name to grow up with, but considering the types of pictures he sent and his name. I just thought it was, it's just always been something in the back of my mind that's made me kind of laugh. Infidelity. Both women and men alike have found themselves in situations where they have become unfaithful to their spouse or partner. On the podcast, Raw Truth, stories of female infidelity, you hear stories from women who have been unfaithful, but want to share their stories to help others in similar situations or to help other people understand why sometimes infidelity happens. But there is still so much more. How does a man cope when he finds out that his wife, girlfriend, or partner has cheated? What are the reasons why a man chooses to cheat? Are they similar to why a woman does? 
Or maybe you are the other man or the other woman in a relationship. I asked her later why she didn't tell me she liked the kind of sex she had with him. She said it was novel for the first couple times, but she swore she didn't like what he was doing. I'm not sure I believed it. Why keep going back? I'm sure in hindsight she feels that way now, but I never got over the nagging doubt that she enjoyed the sex with him more than me. I also never got over the feeling that she looked back at what they did and with good memories. He was bigger than me, in better shape, younger, and the sex was new. I never got over that. Again, she swears she looks at it with disgust, but who knows? Why would she ever admit it? To hear the rest of this story and other stories like this, please visit the website rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and click on the Patreon link. For a $3 a month pledge, you will get access to these additional episodes as well as early access to regularly released episodes. If you have a story that you would like to be considered for a future podcast, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. All submissions will always be anonymous. And always remember, no judgment. And you're back. I bet you're all ready to go and subscribe to my Patreon, right? Where you can have bonus episodes. So that's a couple, at least two or so a month extra early access to regularly released episodes. And like I always say, my cussing, (laughs) because when I screw up, it's not pretty. So anyways, I'm going to read an article. It was from the Chicago Tribune. And it was published back on November 11th, 2016, by Matt Lindner, L-I-N-D-N-E-R, and it's called, Does Social Media Make You More Likely to Cheat? And I will put the link on my episode notes, of course. So this is what it says. Social networks such as Facebook and Twitter have put a world of interpersonal connections quite literally in our hip pocket. Experts say those same social networks have made it easier for people who are inclined to cheat on their significant other to do so with partners both familiar and previously unknown. Quote, social media seems to have added fuel to the fire of infidelity, says Joyce Martyr, a licensed psychotherapist and the CEO of the Chicago-based counseling practice Urban Balance. Quote, former flames are just a click away. Appropriate relationship boundaries can become blurry. For example, when does casual messaging cross the line into an emotional affair? Quote, for people who are morally willing to and motivated to, social media offers unprecedented opportunity to engage in unfaithful behavior, adds Benjamin Carney, a professor of the social psychology of University of California at Los Angeles, who has extensively studied interpersonal relationships and marriage. Quote, you don't even have to find somebody who is in your neighborhood. You can flirt and exchange sexual communication with anyone who is willing to do it on planet Earth who is holding a smartphone. That's something Anthony Weiner, the disgraced politician who has become the de facto poster boy for cheating in the digital age, knows all too well. 
Wiener repeatedly used social media, including Facebook and Twitter, to engage in affairs, getting caught in 2011, 2013, and again this year. And again, this was written in 2016. The first time cost him his seat in Congress. The second cost him his chance he had of becoming the mayor of New York and any chance of reclaiming his once promising political career, period. The most recent time cost him his marriage to Huma Abedin. I apologize if I mispronounced that. Quote, the negative costs of being caught again for Anthony Weiner were high and very humiliating, Carney says. Quote, for him to engage in this behavior suggests that he feels he is unable to stop. So why would someone whose spouse has cheated on multiple occasions stay in the marriage? Relationship experts say there are a number of reasons. The history and bond built between couples doesn't just go away when the partner cheats, says Tyler Fortman, a licensed clinical psychologist with Chicago-based relationship counseling provider Couples Counseling Chicago. Quote, most of the time, it's that loving bond and either continued love or hope that love will be rekindled. That keeps the relationships together. But marriages are more about just than just loving each other, experts say, and love isn't the only reason people stay with a partner who has been unfaithful. Quote, some people are afraid of negative consequences of possibly losing the relationship, such as financial instability, impact on children, or change in social status or network, Martyr says. Quote, some people look at all they have invested in their relationship, such as time, money, creating a home, family, and social network. Some people have cultural or religious beliefs that motivate them to stay in the marriage. Quote, even though initially you may feel like getting out after time passes and there's space for reflection, people often change their minds and want to work on it, adds Ann Malik, a licensed clinical psychologist and the founder of the Chicago-based Symmetry Counseling. The partner who was cheated on may also look beyond the personal impact when deciding whether to end a relationship. Quote, If my partner betrays me because my partner does not love me enough or does not care about me in the family, that's pretty hard to get over, Carney says. If my partner betrays me because my partner has an illness or an addiction then you may be able to look beyond that, end quote. Relationship experts say that for couples to stay together, both parties have to put effort in and the partner who cheated has to do what it takes to be trusted again. It takes a lot of conversation, Malik says. Quote, it's hard because for the hurt partner, they are often devastated because the person they thought was always on their side, they feel betrayed. It takes transparency. It takes the unfaithful partner's willingness to answer a lot of questions, sometimes the same questions over and over. Quote, the unfaithful partner must demonstrate actions that they can be trusted over and over again. Fortman adds, quote, the cheating partner must also work to demonstrate their understanding of the harm that they caused the relationship and their partner. Both partners must choose to forgive either the other and or themselves. There haven't been any studies directly linking increased usage of social media sites like Facebook and Twitter to an increased likelihood to cheat. 
That being said, experts say social media could lead to marital erosion and not just because it provides an outlet where partners could kindle a flame outside the marriage. Quote, social media has added tremendous pressure in relationships, says Mickey Meyer, a New York-based licensed marriage and family therapist. Quote, friendships are judged by the actions which are displayed on the Internet, and information allows strangers to impose their views about what might be going on. No one really knows what happens behind closed doors, and often it is skewed depending on the source or the perception and judgment. What's displayed on the internet isn't always reality, which is why couples shouldn't necessarily benchmark themselves against the happy images portrayed by their friends and family online. Quote, people can look on Facebook and compare their own marriage negatively to the marriages seen on Facebook because people only post the good stuff on Facebook, Malik says. Quote, sometimes people just assume that everyone else's marriage is much better than their own. Again, written by Matt Linder, Lindner, and he is a freelancer. Well, I actually found that pretty interesting because a lot of the points that they brought up, we've talked about. We've talked about in past episodes. I've had um, many people who have come to me and several, actually several of the men who have come to me about their wives' infidelity, whether they've chosen to share with the podcast or not, but they have shared with me. And there is some points in there about the the family stability, the financial, the whole that whole thing. And that's why they won't either confront their partner or they pretend it's not happening or the partner denies it. The, the one that's cheating is denying and the one that knows that they're cheating just kind of goes along with it, but knows in the back of their mind because they don't want to destroy their family. And I can understand that to a point, but, you know, people deserve to be happy and you work hard in your life. And, you know, if somebody's going to be using you and betraying you for years and years and years, that's just not fair. You know, I think that if you want to salvage your relationship, you and your cheating partner need to sit down and talk about this seriously. So anyways, that's my, you know, probably 10 cents worth right now. (laughs) At least it's not like the uh, midweek ponder from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. So instead, we're going to talk about Sabrina. And she submitted her story a while back. She was um, a gal I started chatting with just briefly online when I had joined a couple of new groups. And she was real open to sending over... Um, her story. And I'm so glad she did. So let's listen to Sabrina's story. I was 17 when I lost my virginity to a married man. I was a very shy teenager and had explored only with girls before, never had a boyfriend. Girls were safer to explore with. I've never identified as a lesbian. I just wanted to have sex and I didn't care who it was with. He was my manager at my first job and it only happened once. Mostly, I felt sad for him. He was a young husband and dad with a domineering wife. He made me laugh all of the time, which is why I was attracted to him in the first place. I wasn't the one breaking the vows, so who cares, right? My next sexual experience was a threesome with my best friend Beth and a guy she was fooling around with at the time. 
I had just turned 18 and had moved to a completely different state to live with her. Not long after I met my now ex-husband, James, in 2003. We moved in together after a few months of dating and then in 2006 we married. Our son was born soon after. When I was younger, I had been sexually violated numerous times. At age eight, I was at a water park and some boy grabbed me and started dry humping me. That scared the daylights out of me. Fortunately, I was able to get loose from his grasp and run away. Once my mom's boyfriend grabbed my breast but claimed it was an accident, and also two boys in high school grabbed my chest on the school bus despite me saying no and trying to cover up with a notebook. A few months later, while I was walking down the road, an old man flashed me. Years later, I was raped by a friend's boyfriend during the first breakup with James after we were married. The first time I cheated on James was in the first year of dating. It was a threesome between one of his guy friends and an older woman friend at a house party. I felt horrible and I confessed. The second time was when I flew back to my hometown and screwed a guy who had a huge crush on me back when I was 15 and he was 20. I also confessed about that. I should also note that we are both alcoholics and it played a big part in our relationship. James forgave me except when he got shit-faced, which was all the time, and would throw it in my face. However, we married in June and were split up by our first anniversary. I moved in with my mom and spent the summer sleeping with anyone and everyone. We reconciled by fall and I got pregnant immediately. Things were pretty tame for a while except his drinking. Not long after our son's birth, I was drinking again as well, but I was faithful. Honestly, I can't remember the next time I cheated. My routine was to get drunk at a bar and fool around there or at an after party. Binge drinking and blacking out every weekend was my new normal. Over the years, I slept with most of his friends. Only one of the infidelities became emotional, which was with a friend of James, and I was friends with his wife. We texted every day and saw each other a couple of times over the span of one year. We never actually had sex, fooled around once. It came to an end because his wife saw an inappropriate text from me. She was also pregnant with their first child. I was sad when it ended because I felt so lonely. James was drinking so much for so long. It took its toll on me not to mention my own drinking, but I wasn't ready to face that. We fought constantly, mostly verbally, and occasionally a push or shove until one night he blew a hole in the wall with his shotgun next to our bed with me in it. I called his dad to help me. James and I became very serious too early in life for me, but I feared men and being alone. My cheating continued and I started sexting with a man named Derek who worked with my mom and was also married. I had a one night stand with another friend of James. James and I tried AA for the first time in 2014 and only managed to stay sober for a couple of months. I tried for a while to be good and faithful, but I was depressed and lost almost all desire for him. 
We still fought all the time, which came to a head around Christmas of 2016 when I called the police on him for pushing me to the ground. He joined AA by himself, and I joined Al-Anon, also sober, but we broke up after a few months. My grandfather passed away during this time, and my old sexting buddy Derek was an emotional support for me and in recovery as well, but I was drinking again. I was single by spring and fooled around with Derek and a few others, but by the end of the summer, I moved back in with James. I decided to get serious about sobriety, but without realizing it, grew emotionally close to Derek. In 2017, I knew I couldn't keep repeating the same destructive behavior and left James for Derek, who is currently my boyfriend. I got pregnant immediately with Derek, and we decided to have another baby after our daughter was born. Unfortunately, in 2018, Derek cheated on me. An online infidelity with an ex-girlfriend from years ago. He claimed it was purely sexual, and she propositioned him. I was heartbroken, but we still are together, and we've been working hard to repair the damage done. My own experiences have hindered and helped in many ways to find forgiveness. I remain faithful and sober. My divorce from James was finalized in January of 2019, and we have a successful co-parenting relationship. Although our son was sad to see us part ways, he loves being a big brother and has a great relationship with Derek. If I could take back all the pain I caused my ex-husband, I would do it in a heartbeat. I was young and looking for an external solution for an internal problem. Quote, We all make mistakes, have struggles, and even regret things in our past. But you are not your mistakes. You are not your struggles. You are here now with the power to shape your day and your future. End quote. Steve Maraboli. Thank you, Sabrina, for sending that in, and it sounds like you have had quite a life so far, and I'm so happy that you're remaining sober, and you're also remaining faithful, so hopefully you have found the right person for you, and you and Derek can work through his poor choices, and together you're able to figure out a way to continue to move forward together as a team. And if something happens and you're not feeling that emotional stability from him or him from you or, you know, that you guys can actually come together and talk and work through it rather than falling on old habits of sleeping around or drinking. So I know it's got to be a daily challenge, but I'm very, very excited for you and how hard you've worked to overcome. And the fact that you can look back and see where you came from and where things went wrong. There's a lot of people out there that won't look back and see that they just make excuses. But right here, you clearly own what you did. So thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate it. If you have a story that you would like to share for the podcast, so if you're a woman who has cheated on her spouse or partner, boyfriend, or you're a man whose wife has been unfaithful to you, or even if you have cheated on your wife, gentleman or partner, and you're interested in submitting your story for the podcast, or if you have a creative taboo idea or something to think about that we want to talk about for the midweek ponder, 
shoot me an email. My address is, or my email address rather, is rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Or you can visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. And from there, you can submit an email. You can listen to any of the free episodes that are on the regular plug, excuse me, podcast platforms. I can't talk. And um, you can also sign up for Patreon directly from there so you can get the extra episodes. So what is played on Patreon are typically the men's stories. So what the men went through when their wives were cheating, as well as the men's stories of their own infidelity. As you probably know, the main focus of the podcast are stories based on women and when they've stepped out of their relationships, wanting to share their stories, helping others and others being able to listen and feel that they're not alone. Um, But on Patreon, it's how the men were affected, right? So it is about female infidelity. So the men share their stories of what they went through when their wives cheated. So female infidelity. And then I do part just slightly up a different branch because there's a lot of men out there who want to share their stories as well. So I save those for the Patreon episodes because the main point, like I keep saying, it's female infidelity. So I want the men to be able to feel comfortable sharing and work through what they've done. And so that is all on the Patreon. So anyways, I am so glad you joined us today. And thank you again, Sabrina, for uh, sending in your story. And then that article that I read, you know, that kind of lined up a little bit with um, the story that I read today. So I appreciate all of you. Hope you guys are doing well. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Maybe someday we won't have to wear masks and we'll be back to normal. And don't say the new normal because I really loathe that phrase. (laughs) And always, always, always remember no judgment. Goodbye.